Chapter Eleven of Sylvie and Bruno Concluded. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine Eastman. Sylvie and Bruno Concluded by Lewis Carroll. Chapter Eleven The Man in the Moon. The children came willingly. With one of them on each side of me, I approached the corner occupied by Mein Herr. "'You don't object to children, I hope,' I began. "'Crabbed age and youth cannot live together,' the old man cheerfully replied with a most genial smile. "'Now, take a good look at me, my children. You would guess me to be an old man, wouldn't you?' At first sight, though his face had reminded me so mysteriously of the professor, he had seemed to be decidedly a younger man. But when I came to look into the wonderful depth of those large dreamy eyes, I felt with a strange sense of awe that he was incalculably older. He seemed to gaze at us out of some bygone age centuries away. "'I don't know if we're an old man,' Bruno answered, as the children, won over by the gentle voice, crept a little closer to him. "'I thinks we're eighty-three. "'He is very exact,' said Mein Herr. "'Is he anything like right?' I said. "'There are reasons,' Mein Herr gently replied, "'reasons which I am not at liberty to explain, "'for not mentioning definitely any persons, places, or dates.' One remark only I will permit myself to make, that the period of life between the ages of a hundred and sixty-five and a hundred and seventy-five is a specially safe one. How do you make that out? I said. Thus, you would consider swimming to be a very safe amusement if you scarcely ever heard of any one dying of it. Am I not right in thinking that you have never heard of any one dying between those two ages? I see what you mean, I said, but I'm afraid you can't prove swimming to be safe on the same principle. It is no uncommon thing to hear of someone being drowned. In my country, said Mein Herr, no one is ever drowned. Is there no water deep enough? Plenty, but we can't sink. We are all lighter than water. Let me explain, he added, seeing my look of surprise. Suppose you desire a race of pigeons of a particular shape or color. Do you not select from year to year those that are nearest to the shape or color you want, and keep those and part with the others? We do, I replied. We call it artificial selection. Exactly so, said Mein Herr. Well, we have practiced that for some centuries, constantly selecting the lightest people, so that now everybody is lighter than water. Then you can never be drowned at sea. Never. It is only on the land, for instance, when attending a play in a theater, that we are in such a danger. How can that happen at a theater? Our theaters are all underground. Large tanks of water are placed above. If a fire breaks out, the taps are turned, and in one minute the theater is flooded up to the very roof, 
thus the fire is extinguished and the audience i presume that is a minor matter mein herr carelessly replied but they have the comfort of knowing that whether drowned or not they are all lighter than water we have not yet reached the standard of making people lighter than air but we are aiming at it and in another thousand years or so what do you do with the peoples that's too heavy bruno solemnly inquired we have applied the same process Mynheer continued not noticing bruno's question to many other purposes we have gone on selecting walking sticks always keeping those that walked best till we have obtained some that can walk by themselves we have gone on selecting cotton wool till we have got some lighter than air you have no idea what a useful material it is we call it imponderal what do you use it for well chiefly for packing articles to go by parcel post it makes them weigh less than nothing you know and how do the post office people know what you have to pay that's the beauty of the new system mynheer cried exultingly they pay us we don't pay them i've often got as much as five shillings for sending a parcel but doesn't your government object well they do object a little they say it comes so expensive in the long run but the thing's as clear as daylight by their own rules if i send a parcel that weighs a pound more than nothing i pay threepence so of course if it weighs a pound less than nothing i ought to receive threepence it is indeed a useful article i said yet even imponderal has its disadvantages he resumed i bought some a few days ago and put it into my hat to carry it home and the hat simply floated away had oo some of that funny stuff in our hat to-day bruno inquired sylvie and me saw oo in the road and our hat were ever so high up weren't it sylvie no that was quite another thing said mein herr there was a drop or two of rain falling so i put my hat on the top of my stick as an umbrella you know as i came along the road he continued turning to me i was overtaken by a shower of rain said bruno well it looked more like the tail of a dog mein herr replied it was the most curious thing something rubbed affectionately against my knee and i looked down and i could see nothing only about a yard off there was a dog's tail wagging all by itself oh sylvie bruno murmured reproachfully who didn't finish making him visible i'm so sorry sylvie said looking very penitent i meant to rub it along his back but we were in such a hurry we'll go and finish him tomorrow poor thing perhaps he'll get no supper tonight course he won't said bruno nobody never gives bones to a dog's tail mein herr looked from one to the other in blank astonishment i do not understand you he said i had lost my way and i was consulting a pocket map and somehow i had dropped one of my gloves and this invisible something that had rubbed against my knee actually brought it back to me 
course he did said bruno he's welly fond of fetching things mine herr looked so thoroughly bewildered that i thought it best to change the subject what a useful thing a pocket map is i remarked that's another thing we've learned from your nation said mine herr map making but we've carried it much further than you what do you consider the largest map that would be really useful about six inches to the mile only six inches exclaimed mine herr we very soon got to six yards to the mile then we tried a hundred yards to the mile and then came the grandest idea of all we actually made a map of the country on the scale of a mile to the mile have you used it much i inquired it has never been spread out yet said mine herr the farmers objected they said it would cover the whole country and shut out the sunlight so now we use the country itself as its own map and i assure you it does nearly as well now let me ask you another question what is the smallest world you would care to inhabit i know cried bruno who was listening intently i'd like a little teeny tiny world just big enough for sylvie and me then you would have to stand on opposite sides of it said mein herr and so you would never see your sister at all and i'd have no lessons said bruno you don't mean to say you've been trying experiments in that direction i said well not experiments exactly we do not profess to construct planets but a scientific friend of mine who has made several balloon voyages assures me he has visited a planet so small that he could walk right round it in twenty minutes there had been a great battle just before his visit which had ended rather oddly the vanquished army ran away at full speed and in a very few minutes found themselves face to face with the victorious army who were marching home again and who were so frightened at finding themselves between two armies that they surrendered at once of course that lost them the battle though as a matter of fact they had killed all the soldiers on the other side killed soldiers can't run away bruno thoughtfully remarked killed is a technical word replied mein herr in the little planet i speak of the bullets were made of soft black stuff which marked everything it touched so after a battle all you had to do was to count how many soldiers on each side were killed that means marked on the back for marks in front didn't count then you couldn't kill any unless they ran away i said my scientific friend found out a better plan than that he pointed out that if only the bullets were sent the other way round the world they would hit the enemy in the back after that the worst marksmen were considered the best soldiers and the very worst of all always got first prize and how did you decide which was the very worst of all easily the best possible shooting is you know to hit what is exactly in front of you so of course the worst possible is to hit what is exactly behind you they were strange people in that little planet i said they were indeed 
perhaps their method of government was the strangest of all in this planet i am told a nation consists of a number of subjects and one king but in the little planet i speak of it consisted of a number of kings and one subject you say you are told what happens in this planet i said may i venture to guess that you yourself are a visitor from some other planet bruno clapped his hands in his excitement is oo the man in the moon he cried mein herr looked uneasy i am not in the moon my child he said evasively to return to what i was saying i think that method of government ought to answer well you see the kings would be sure to make laws contradicting each other so the subject could never be punished because whatever he did he'd be obeying some law and whatever he did he'd be disobeying some law cried bruno so he'd always be punished lady muriel was passing at the moment and caught the last word nobody's going to be punished here she said taking bruno in her arms this is liberty hall would you lend me the children for a minute the children desert us you see i said to mein herr as she carried them off so we old folk must keep each other company the old man sighed ah well we're old folk now and yet i was a child myself once at least i fancy so it did seem a rather unlikely fancy i could not help owning to myself looking at the shaggy white hair and the long beard that he could ever have been a child you are fond of young people i said young men he replied not of children exactly i used to teach young men many a year ago in my dear old university i didn't quite catch its name i hinted i did not name it the old man replied mildly nor would you know the name if i did strange tales i could tell you of all the changes i have witnessed there but it would weary you i fear no indeed i said pray go on what kind of changes but the old man seemed to be more in a humor for questions than for answers tell me he said laying his hand impressively on my arm tell me something for i am a stranger in your land and i know little of your modes of education yet something tells me we are further on than you in the eternal cycle of change and that many a theory we have tried and found to fail you will also try with a wilder enthusiasm you will also find to fail with a bitterer despair it was strange to see how as he talked and his words flowed more and more freely with a certain rhythmic eloquence his features seemed to glow with an inner light and the whole man seemed to be transformed as if he had grown fifty years younger in a moment of time End of chapter eleven